Welcome to Spirit Behind the Screen. Each episode, your host, Marty McCurdy, deep dives on industry trends around high-reliability electronics and the supply chain in aerospace and defense. This is episode 31 with Zef Malik on supply chain partnerships, ASICs, and Spirit's automated reball process. Hi, I'm Marty McCurdy with Spirits Podcast Behind the Screen, and luckily today I'm here with our VP, Mr. Zef Malik. Uh, You're not always in Arizona, but uh, you come here when the weather's fine. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Great place to be at. And every time you come here, you're in an awe on uh, how well uh, the state is doing in terms of infrastructure, logistics, ease in and out, and uh, how much development is coming in. It's exciting. It is exciting. I know uh, we have Spirit Ventures uh, that owns the building, you and I, so uh, that was a good investment in hindsight. <laughs> so uh, the real estate market here certainly is, is one thing to discuss, but I think that the world economy, which you and I have for years have bantered over of, of how the, the economy is, is collectively affecting you know, the world markets, not just the U.S., which sometimes is the focus, but um, I think we should just talk a little bit about uh, lab uh, accessibility and tester time and, and new tester deliveries, things like that, because not only from our distribution channel do we have issues with, you know, a 90-week lead time right now with some of our products. Nobody can really plan anything in 90 weeks, but the same thing is happening with tester time allocation, and you're basically filled at the test lab. Mm-hmm. I think we, as we look ahead, the the pendulum is swinging where the renaissance of technology will come back to the U.S. in terms of leading advanced manufacturing. And even though the world is global, but secure manufacturing, domestic manufacturing, domestic talent will come stateside. And I think Arizona, along with some recent announcements by Intel, of picking of mm-hmm. all the places, Ohio, clearly tells us that the the flux of the manufacturing will come back stateside as things get more complex, as labs get more, uh, as fabs get more automated and more robotic, mm-hmm. the pendulum is going to come here. Along with that, the, the infrastructure rebuilding efforts, uh, the investing, investing back into the uh, manufacturing uh, in the U.S., is a national priority, and uh, and 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 if you see the new landscape in the in the post-pandemic world, people are looking at places where there's a coexistence between energy and housing and infrastructures and campuses and universities, and I think we made the right call uh, to uh, to come to Arizona. <laughs> yes. I see a lot of uh, California-based companies also looking mm-hmm. at secondary expansion in in Phoenix. But with the advent of that, the, the thrust on domestic manufacturing, domestic uh, post-foundry uh, services and everything is where the pressure is going to be. So the pent-up demand for manufacturing equipment, infrastructure, post-wafer uh, processing, testing, all that is going to come in. And, and not only that, the, the push is next generation technology that means 
legacy testers, legacy equipment, legacy apparatus, apparatus would not work. Mm-hmm. You've got to have cutting edge technology, futuristic technology, uh, more focused on system in a package, system on a chip, complex integration, complex logic, uh, not necessarily small uh, glue logic. So, so the, the so the global supply chain logistic issues coupled with semiconductor shortage is going to put a big constraint on the equipment manufacturer and, and uh, the supply chain to be able to get apparatus and equipment mm-hmm. as readily as we used to. And, uh, and as the demand continues to percolate uh, and as more and more fab equipment is starting to come in into the U.S., the assembly backend test support market is going to struggle as well because some of the lead times are going to be long. Mm-hmm. The lead times are stretching out. Uh, people are finally now focusing on securing their supply chains, securing the logistics. But if you look at some of the successful companies that have done it, like Ford, they are working with the supply chain partners. Yesterday, I was reading an interview of uh, the burger place called Shack Burgers. And if you notice, the biggest issue for them to guarantee their survivability was how they worked with their supply partners, their logistic partners, their distribution partners, because they are concerned that not only inflation is a risk, but disruptions in the supply chain or erratic uh, you know, uh, performances of the supply chain will cause trouble. So we are no different. Uh, our lead times are going to go up. Our pricings are going up. Our tester pricing are going up. Our labor rates are going up. But still, we have to plan and, and prepare for it. And uh, as lead times for some of the high-end equipment approaching close to about a year, Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the time to start thinking. This is the time to collaborate. This is the time to put out strategies of guaranteeing and securing partners that are willing to take you to the next level. We stand ready. We are committed. We have the capital. We have the know-how. We have the engineering. We have the facility. We have the infrastructure. And we have the commitment mm-hmm. to where we are headed. So I really welcome this opportunity to where we can develop some relationships and have some customers and how we can work with them to overcome some of the obstacles that they will face. And this is where I welcome uh, our customers and us to have a dialogue, but we stand ready and committed to be able to work with and give our marketplace a predictable a predictable mm-hmm. supply chain and a predictable deliverance. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Jeff. It's funny that uh, time flies, right? So after the sale of STS, it feels like uh, just yesterday, but basically it's been, what, six years? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we were employed by Space Florida to do a, a, a survey on bringing a test capabilities uh, into Florida. And uh, we, we really couldn't nail it down after quite some time, but then we ended up doing a study in it. And I looked back at that study recently and, and the accuracy at which the data uh, you know, was presented was how much business was going to end up coming to Arizona. And here we are four years later, uh, you know, seeing it come to fruition. So I appreciate the, you know, the yes, <laughs> I think, hindsight was 2020. I, I, think, I think, yeah, that was a, that was a good indicator uh, and coupled mm-hmm. with the pandemic that has come in, it has reset 
a, a lot of things in the marketplace. And I think uh, some of these changes may very well be permanent. Oh, me too. The way people work, the, mm-hmm. the, the hybrid model, the remote model. Uh, so all these uh, changes are coming in. They're here to stay. And, uh, and if you want to secure you know, supply chains and all that, it will require a fresh thinking. Yes. And, uh, and honestly, what we are looking for is a partnership of collaboration to make things successful for our customers mm-hmm. rather than just a transactional engagement. Right. We are in here for the long haul. We are relationship people. We have built relationships around every customer that we have serviced. We are selective uh, uh, on who we engage as customers. We are selective on who our suppliers are. And that philosophy will focus on delivering customer successes. So I think mm-hmm. I got to compliment you on that mindset and where we are headed. Mm-hmm. But but it may very well be a relationship-based environment rather right. than try to please or you know, be who's who to everyone. Mm-hmm. For sure, the, um, the timing obviously couldn't be better is that you know our full offering here at Spirit that we have the authorized dis- distribution channel. We've got all the value add that you're instrumental in, in supporting for us and then also our contract manufacturing. So to keep it all under what we call the umbrella is super exciting for us and, and a lot of our momentum because it, it not only shortens the, the, the delivery schedule, it also shortens the um, impact to the customer on, on how many times somebody touches it in and out of the building. So we, we're seeing great momentum. And I think the feedback from our customers is, is how agile we are. So that's really key. But one thing we were just discussing earlier was um, the idea of ASICs. So with the supply chain constraint, um, ASICs is coming more and more to the forefront. But ASICs has always been your sweet spot as well. And mm-hmm. And you've been my mentor and you've taught me everything that I know about ASICs, but you know much more than I do. But but I think you have probably uh, tested more ASICs for the FANG stocks uh, recently than uh, than anybody in the Silicon Valley. So uh, as always, like the leading commercial people are taking that leap forward much before the military aerospace, I would say. I think the... The conventional thinking that ASIC is a long lead time or ASIC is basically a very expensive proposition or ASIC is going to be very difficult to produce, those models are getting changed. They're getting revised. And as companies look at the futuristic aspect of dominance and, and, and brand and technology advantage, they have started to realize that custom products suited and designed to give you the extra edge over a standard product is where the future is. Mm -hmm. So all these futuristic companies that are working on future designs, the advent of custom design, system on a package, system on a chip, a board level solution, uh, or a chip level solution is where the future is gonna Mm -hmm. lie. And this conventional thinking that ASIC is going to be too expensive or it's going to be a long lead time. I think the market's dominance on design expertise, fabrication expertise, and the ability to transport a design from varying foundries and be able Mm -hmm. to benchmark, that cycle has been reduced. Mm -hmm. And if there are suppliers that are able to benchmark an old component to a new component in terms of testing, validation, performance, equality, form factor, size, 
And then on top of that, you, create, you get a great form factor and power advantage. Mm-hmm. That is the, that is the right. place to be. Right. So custom chips, uh, application-specific ASICs uh, is definitely here to stay. There is more and more companies that are touting that model. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I think for some of the, the futuristic companies, it secures your market dominance of leadership because you can continue to improve an ASIC mm-hmm. to, uh, to improve your performance rather than limiting yourself on what may be available in the standard infrastructure of technology. Yes, right. No, uh, very well put as always. I know one of the key pieces you talked about validation and comparing and things, one thing that you and I have both been on a soapbox for years is uh, a, a reball processes. So you were instrumental in helping us uh, design our new uh, robotic uh, reball process where the removal of the balls is so key to not disturb the the, the uh, integrity of the pad that's already there, et cetera. So um, I thank you for that. But if you would like to touch on that, I, I would love to share that opinion of yours as well. Look, for years, I've always believed that there should be no need for a conversion of the solder terminal, but the jury is out and I know that I cannot argue against it, uh, even though some of the new materials like the SAC materials don't have the conventional problems that the conventional old technology used to have, but I am not going to try to change an accepted practice and a mandate. Mm -hmm. However, as the future comes in, where speed, performance, inductance, contact resistance, where the future is going to get defined where new substrate materials are coming in, organics, thin, flex, ceramic, low-temperature co-fired ceramics, the, the concept where a certain terminal connection was designed for electrical performance and speed, you cannot just try the same arbitrary trick of trying to scrape off and, and, and put in a new solder ball because somebody wants a lead-based eutectic mm-hmm. solder. So the concept has to be that there has to be a lot of thinking behind the process of native metallizations, damage to the native metallizations, putting in new attached materials, minimizing temperature exposures, limiting any secondary exposures that may be beyond the limits of the materials and the laminates and the substrate that we are dealing with, such that the integrity of the, res- the contact and the speed compromise does not get inherently built in into the device. Sadly, today, the marketplace practice is that a lot of people do the conversion. They do a continuity test. But right. I, I assure you, nobody has ever benchmarked and said that I got a 20 30% reduction in my speed right. because of the reball. Right. So our new processes that we are putting in with robotic uh, uh, controls, with robotic removal, with uh, proper solder ball placement, with automated ball placement, with clearly understanding where not to go, okay, in terms of temperature exposures, Mm -hmm. with an in-house ultrasound uh, testing, with an in-house electrical testing, we believe that when somebody wants a non-broken supply chain, getting a reball done directly by the, by the distributor, not breaking the chain of custody. This is the future where Spirit brings 
the value to the market. Right. Okay. I mean, we believe that it should be a non-broken chain. It should be the custody should be the same. It should be people that are the best at doing electrical tests, people that are going to stand behind the warranty of the part. So this is where the new innovative models we are trying to deploy that you are trying to bring them to production here will demonstrate that we just did not go after a business sector. We went after a, how to overcome a barrier or an obstacle in technology and a processing that too many people may not have thought it. But as the future comes in of high speed, high signal, high contact integrity, it has to be there. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be the new benchmark. Right. We want to be the new go-to source. We want to be the new um, the, uh, uh, supplier that does it. And this is what Spirit is all about, to give the customer a product that is ready to be used mm -hmm. rather than the customer struggling with multiple sources and trying to do add things value to it. I mean, just imagine in today's market, if the lead times are becoming 52 weeks, you've got millions of dollars of material that are sitting around, then you got to go out to do 10 weeks of DPA and 20 weeks of hot solder dip conversion. I mean, just look at the cost of money and the cost of caring and the risk that you're putting out when something goes wrong. And this is exactly the, where we become that insurance company to bridge the difference where we are aware of cycle time, we are aware of warranty, we are aware of not damaging your device, we are aware of getting it done right, and we will give you a product that works as advertised rather than you taking a risk of not knowing what you're going to be getting from supplier ABC. Yeah, no, exactly right. And, and uh, talk about the cash flow, you're, you're dead on because you, you couple that uh, 10 weeks uh, on top of now I have another week because FedEx is, is up yes. against the yes. delivery schedules. Yes. Yes. You know, we float a couple of million dollars every week just because of transportation uh, issues. So you're, you're dead on. Yeah, there. the cost, the overall cost the overall of cycle cost. time, the mm -hmm. overall cost for time uh, sometimes cannot be equated. Yes. But for people that run businesses and that thrive on just-in-time concepts mm -hmm. and all that, they very well know what just-in-time and, and reduced cycle time means to enable a company's time-to-market mm -hmm. deployment and time-to-market success. Otherwise, it's just money that you're burning that Correct. you are not able to see it. Yep, and, and really, I mean, I think some of our studies have shown like the more we can turn our cash flow, the more, you know, we can use it to, to get more business. But when it's tied up, it is a challenge. Exactly. For sure. And sadly tied mm -hmm. up for things that are, that are only adding a minimal value yes, add. Right. That's okay. The rub, right? So the, so the $100,000 part is waiting for a $2,000 addition. Okay. Right. And that too, it may compromise the integrity of the $100,000 part that will void its warranty. Mm -hmm. You don't know if it's going to work 100% the right way. Okay. And, and this is where I see is a phenomenal risk that the, it has to be factored in as everybody looks into the futuristic world of logistics, mm -hmm. supply chain, availability, and getting it done when they need it. And that is the new challenge. The right. new challenge of the world order is going to be much different. And, and that's where distributors that understand the concept, understand what we are trying to get to the market, understand how we compress the unnecessary inspections and secondary inspections, mm -hmm. We understand how to deal with our OEM 
to give the customer what they need without minimi- and minimizing extra handling and inspections and unnecessary testing. Mm-hmm. That is the concept of where we are taking spirit sure. to bring the change to the marketplace. Right. When we, <clears throat> I know that some of our language is, is we are changing the, the definition of distribution. Absolutely. And I, I think you, you've wrapped it up there really well. I know one thing I wanted to touch on was um, the idea of benchmarking. So you and I have a little project, side project, we still want to dabble like we do, of uh, taking a a memory device that we know uh, is used extensively in the aerospace and defense market. And we have data and we're going to compile that and put it out there of of a pre and post uh, reball on the electricals. So um, I think it's an exciting benchmark that we, we have in progress and, and we're going to roll that out and, and see what the results are. Exactly. I think taking something where high speed performance becomes a distinction and uh, taking a very high speed memory, taking it to the cliff, uh, documenting it, then coming back, uh, doing uh, solder exchanges. Mm-hmm. Then coming coming back and retest, we would be love to we would love to see where the experimentation proves the hypothesis that I've lived with for for decades <laughs> right. that there is a compromise that is coming in that is not getting noticed. But now the right. technology will mandate that you understand that, and that is where I think you the study that you that you're undertaking is is very timely, mm-hmm. very timely, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to using the same concept being applied to our in-house capability of solar conversion as a benchmark. And that is when I will say that our facility is qualified and approved Mm -hmm. when we are able to meet or exceed the benchmark to where we do minimal, minimal impact, if any, to the device that the customer is entrusting us to do solar conversion. I think it's always uh, the reason that, that we've always been on this soapbox is because we get a look under the kimono, right? So not everybody has the luxury of reballing and then having the the equipment and the test skill to put these things on a three and a half million dollar tester like we do, that you can see the impact of the interconnect, right? So that really is the challenge when you have a, a customer at the end, they've built out 50 boards or 100 boards or whatever, one board or two boards don't work and, and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in FA trying to figure out what has happened. And really it could be as simple as the reball process because at maybe at room it works great, but at hot or cold, especially cold, is probably not making the connection that it should be if there's a high speed issue involved. Absolutely. I mean, the industry used to struggle on intermittency of contact that used to plague the industry, having BGAs when they came out Devices will fail, they will pass, they will fail, they will pass in temperature excursions. So the industry, from a, from a materials and interconnect standpoint, solved that issue. And I think what is staring at us is going to be the solar conversion for high-speed devices mm-hmm. unless it is done right and unless uh, you're very clearly aware that your process, if it is not optimized and understand the impact it causes to the damage may bring in a latency damage to the device that will show up in terms of a reduced performance and a reduced life cycle. So there's a lot at stake here. And, uh, you know, and, and 
like you and I used to always kid, uh, you come to us for an open heart surgery. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you want to go to the best of the best of the best of the, uh, the, uh, the team True. rather than just going in for uh, the cheapest place uh, right. that yeah. is out there. No, exactly. It's, uh, you know, that between that and the rubber stamps, uh, yeah. you know, we, uh, we never have the rubber stamp. Yep, the job's yeah. done. It's, yeah. uh, we dive a little deep. I know yeah. it. We, we are. I mean, honestly, and, and, the, and the solution that we have, which is where if we ever come to a point where we realize that we are getting towards a diminishing return of the solar conversion, we have OEMs that are willing to give Spirit an unfinished mm-hmm. device. Correct. So we would rather attach in an automated way the, the solder ball of the customer's choice sure. without having to rework. Right. We want to give our customers a fresh device not a refurbished or a reworked device. Right, exactly. And that is where we believe our solution goes yeah. into the next level. It's like a Carfax, right? <laughs> <laughs> did, did anything happen to this part prior to my acquisition of it? Yes. Yes. Uh, we had a little scratch and dent. We had to get it fixed. Exactly. But, so I don't believe in refurbished or, uh, right. you know, reworked uh, right. there and mm-hmm. sold as OEM uh, fresh out of the box. No, they're not fresh out of the box. Right. Exactly. Well, I know that... Uh, one of my big lessons learned as uh, being under your mentorship was when we bought the IBM column attached line. Uh, I learned so much from the IBM process, right? They dialed it in for 14 years. They really had every possible uh, in-process control, but one of those was how well they managed the paste. And so on our ability to reball, our, our print machine also is weighing, inspecting, you know, putting down the exact amount of paste that we want and also just inspection of the balls before we actually place the balls. We pick 10 up, we inspect the ball first, uh, we spit the ones out we don't want so that only the quality balls that we've identified are on there. Plus we have you know ball, ball scan after that. So all of the good pieces that- um, Yes, IBM really was a classical example where a process is tuned, a process was designed for manufacturability mm-hmm. A process was mandated to be reworkable. A process was mandated to be uh, to be reworked without causing any performance right. damage. So this is where maturity of an understanding of what you're trying to put to the marketplace comes to bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really believe that it's not about just changing a solder ball. To us, it means much more than that. Right. Because the customer still has to leave, uh, live with the alignment, the paste the attach, the secondary, still have to possibly do a rework. So mm-hmm. we have to think about all those things. The temperature and, reflows. And, exactly. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and when a distributor or a supplier can understand what happens to the devices once they leave in here, just like we understand the customer's box stock uh, limitations and all that, we believe we have more value to bring because we understand and are able to to uh, you know, to to design and and and, and offset some of the uh, the landmines that may be in secondary handling. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, my friend, it's always good to catch up on the couch with you. Absolutely um, welcome. Thank we, you. I know we can always go on and on, but our listeners are probably uh, sleeping on their couch right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you can edit it and just uh, paraphrase in a few sentences. But uh, there you go. but really, I mean, you know, I stand committed that we are committed to the cause. Right. We want to be committed to the thing. Business has to be about a cause. Right. And the cause is let's do it right. 
I think you taught me that, uh, you know, we, we really always, one of the, the joys that I enjoyed working with you is that we always kind of owned everything and we're in that position again. And, and the idea that somebody can come to us with a problem and we're solution people. We're not selling, we've got this equipment and this is what we're going to sell you. They come to us and we offer them a solution, an engineering solution usually, right? So uh, I think those are the joys that uh, I still enjoy of, you know, an ASIC or, or designing a test program or test setup for uh, some type of a screening and qualification. Those are probably what get us out of the bed in the morning. Absolutely. Work, right? absolutely. It's a pleasure when you collaborate to make a customer and yourself successful. Mm -hmm. That is what the business model is all about. You cannot do everything on your own. It's about collaborating from an engineering, from a development aspect and make each other successful. I mean, yes, we have a vested interest to be successful, but if we enable our customer success, we are guaranteed to be successful. Yeah, yeah that's yes. uh, certainly been your model. But this, thank you. Thank and you uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Very good. Thanks for listening with Spirit this week. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to let us know what you want to hear about in aerospace and defense. You can find out more about Spirit's value-added services and product lines at spiritelectronics.com.